Yeah, I got a full HD now. Ooh, whoa, baby. The sound, I still have to figure that out. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shake, you're coming in real early, baby. <laughs> what? This is still this is still the uh, first. Oh, oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I can kind of five. The title of the film. It's like so early in the movie. It's, it's so like the funny. way we yeah the way we've been doing this. I think each one has kind of ended perfectly. Where like we finally it was like the first episode was the the showing the logos of the companies and then it ended right when the actual movie started. And then the next episode, I think it just showed some mountains and it ended with a UFO. I've, I've listened to a couple. That's funny. Yeah. The next episode ended with a guy throwing up in, in a, in a waterfall. So like oh. each one has ended perfectly minute by minute. Right. Oh, I, I, I so. mean, I'm very familiar with the opening of this movie. I'm, I'm picturing it now. That's just how, uh, that's just how, um, um, <laughs> Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah, I was gonna say James Cameron. Daisy uh, uh, Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Yeah, Daisy. Rid- <laughs> Daisy Ridley Scott. That's how. Uh, that's how he envisioned it. Each minute is its perfect encapsulation of the film. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just getting into it here. All right. Everybody got the screen up. Yeah. yeah seeing it. Do it. All right. Minute five. Here we go. Wow. I'm ready. Wow. Look at those cells divided. It's been a while since I've seen this movie, actually, since I've rewatched it. Yeah, uh, it's uh, due for a rewatch. I am. I, I, I've, I've been putting it off. Same with every all the aliens, honestly. It's interesting. Something I learned this week is that they actually had a custom designed font for that uh, uh, for that title. Uh, they designed their own font specifically for the movie, which is pretty wild. I work with fonts at my job, so that pisses me off because some sometimes proprietary fonts piss me off at my job. Oh, you don't like proprietary fonts because they fuck up your emails and stuff? No, I just I, I hate having to find because sometimes you can't use them for licensing reasons. Oh, interesting. You have to find something similar that's free. The uh, politics of fonts. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like we're, I don't know, what, what is this? Waving, some this people is, exploring you know, a cave or something? I think it's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I think it's the wrong movie. <laughs> Oh, we watched the wrong movie. God oh, damn it. All right. <laughs> wow, that was it? Yep. <laughs> we had a little cave exploring, a guy panning for gold. And, uh, yeah, and a guy yelling for his teammate. <laughs> oh. Saying, hey, there check this go. out. I like that they all are wearing like different color. They're very segmented. And it's like, I wear the orange jacket. I wear the blue jacket. I wear the green jacket. Everyone's blue. Oh, well, well you, is... can't, you know, I mean, if you go to mountain co-op equipment, you can't like all get the same fucking jacket, right? Like, so that could be a thing. Um, this is, uh, this might be Damon Lindelof's doing Cause I know he and Ridley Scott were trading off, um, things. Um, I don't want to reveal too much about the later movie, but this is the first thing of uh, Damon Lindelof having his like you know special characters that everybody has a certain character trait, similar to like uh, I think he worked on Lost and he later The Leftovers. Right. Oh, so everybody has some kind of weird quirk or something. Yeah. Yeah, to tell them apart or to make like right a, because the characters. 
Yeah, it's because the characters, well, it's the characters are so generically written in this movie that you have to try <laughs> to figure out some kind of, you have to we grab We don't know that yet. Right. Hey, we don't know that. We're just okay, that's true. That's true. I'm time. sorry. Again I, think that's, again, I think that's Lindelof's doing. <laughs> God damn Lindelof. <laughs> that's funny. I, you know, I, it's been a, it's been a while. It's funny that you guys are doing this because I haven't thought about Prometheus in a while. A movie I do own on Blu-ray and saw in theaters, so Hell I, yeah. I was very much on the Prometheus bandwagon right from the start. Um, oh yeah! By the way, welcome to the show, everybody. It's Prometheus, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're we're joined by Shaky today. Yeah, thank you. Like I'm sad. Like I said, I'm very happy to be on. I haven't said it yet, but you can you can infer that I'm very happy to be here just from <laughs> my Prometheus history here. For sure. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, seeing it in the theater? Or? I mean, sure. Yeah, I was definitely stoked. I mean, it's like, oh, Ridley Scott's coming back to do something with Alien. You know, you get you get excited Ooh. for that when you got a director returning back to the to the property, even though you know this is alien adjacent it's not necessarily like gonna be what alien fans were looking for at the time maybe but no you know this this movie sparked a lot of debate within my friend group at the time definitely was uh a movie i i I liked seeing it in the theater i think you know a movie like this in the theater was good it was it helped. It helped a lot. And I think um, it helped me appreciate it immediately while some, I feel like maybe are doing so now. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean the, the, the production of design alone in the movie is worth the price of admission. Like it is oh, a very beautiful. pretty movie. Like even the scene we just saw right now with the nice big cliffs and the, and uh, it was, it was very, very cinematic. Yeah. Oh, beautiful! They built all those cliffs. (laughs) Oh, really? Wow! This is amazing. This is all. I thought this was filmed on location. This is this is in (laughs) on the planet. Planet ZX four four two or whatever they fucking call it. Shake! I have a uh, I have a very important question about this movie that I just thought about. Okay. Um, With Prometheus, when you saw in the theater, you loved it, right? Yes, no, I, I came away really liking it. I was like, damn, I I want to see more, and it seems like they're teeing it up for that. Now, do you think people started not liking it after it was out of the theater and at home? Because there's a lot of movies I've seen in the theater that I've liked a lot, but then you get home and you watch it on a normal TV, and then sitting in the comfort of your home, you start picking things apart. It's kind of like The Phantom Menace, where I saw that in the theater with people that loved it. And so when people started hating the Phantom Menace, I didn't get it because I was in a theater full of people clapping and so damn happy that they were watching that movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was the first Star Wars in what? What, 30, 20, 30 years, something like mm-hmm. that? So it was, yeah, it was, I, the anticipation was so high. I yeah. saw the Phantom Menace opening day in theaters, and a half of the theater had lightsabers that they turned on and waved <laughs> around <laughs> like when the credits rolled. It was nuts. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I definitely saw all the prequels in theaters. Phantom Menace is the one I think I remember the least, honestly. That might just be due to due to age. Honestly, I was pretty young. Yeah, it was further. That's further back. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I barely remember seeing Phantom Menace in theaters. Like, yeah. I hated Attack of the Clones when I first saw it. I walked out of that theater not happy at all. Uh, and yeah. it's, a, it's a movie I've come to like a lot more uh, in like rewatching mm-hmm. it and seeing it now. 
uh, I, I think I was too young because my biggest problem, the old, like my kid brain when I was watching that movie was thinking there's too much talking. There's too much, this romance between Anakin and Padme. Yeah. I want, I want pod racing. I want, yeah, I want <laughs> pod racing. I want like some of that stuff. And it definitely is more of like, like some have said like a noir, which I think just is more appreciated by adults anyway. Like a kid's not going to appreciate some of those, like I yeah. didn't appreciate Obi-Wan's role in that movie at all as a kid, but as an adult, you're like, damn, Obi-Wan, this is pretty good stuff. Well, that's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about it recently and, and like it seems like Attack of the Clones was kind of in a way like a bit of a response to the reaction to Phantom Menace of people being like, oh, this is like a kid's movie with Jar Jar and with like the kids aspect of it, like the, ch the child actor. Um, so Attack of the Clones was almost like, okay, you guys want adult stuff? We're going to give you some more adult stuff, like romance, the romance between <laughs> Anakin and Pat, stuff like that, right? So it's like, it's almost like a, res in a bit of a way, it's almost like a response to the reaction of it, it feels like. I don't know if that was yeah. his intent, but that's the, that's kind of the spin I, I had, or the revelation I had recently when I was watching Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Lucas was right on in thinking that adults want levitating pairs. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what adults want. They want like a you know kind of an, a light adventure story, but with some romance and and with some political like intrigue and stuff, right? Like mm. some yeah. out of the grass. Yeah, because I think because yeah. the the adult focus right in Phantom Menace is more of the political aspect of this. It's all it's all politics. It's all sort of like bureaucracy and it's all sort of setting up what's going to go on, you know, in, in attack of the clones and, and the rest of them. And it's just kind of, sure, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe for, for adults who, who were looking for more of, you know, what attack of the clones was, I don't know. It's hard for me to say, but, but anyway, it's tricky. It's tricky. But I mean, I, there are definitely similarities between, um, the star Wars prequels and this film, uh, Prometheus. Yeah. Right, yeah, because I feel like I, I and Jeff from the original point of when we spun off into the into prequel dialogue. Um, yeah, like more of a more of an origin story where you would yeah get into like closer to the Star Wars prequels of like you know where where did this thing totally start? And I don't think Lindelof was necessarily interested in doing that. <laughs> you know, it's weird because. It sounds similar to something that J.J. Abrams said before he did the Star Trek movies was that he was not a Star Trek fan. So I'm hearing I'm hearing similarities between Lindelof saying I'm not an alien fan, but I'm still going to do an alien movie. Yeah. And to me, that I mean, that's kind of cynical, right? Like it makes me feel kind of cynical. It's like, well, if you don't care about this franchise, like then why would you want to work on it? Yeah, yeah, it, I don't, it, it I don't get that. Maybe feel like, you know, is this movie, is this movie reintroducing, uh, you know, new generation to the Alien franchise, or is this for fans? So I guess maybe that's a thinking or a, a possibility because. You know, Ridley Scott has established this universe, you know, years and years ago. Is this going to sure. be yeah. it's going to be fan service where it's like, you know, I don't, you know, get away Lindelof if you're not a fan. This is for the people who are clamoring for something alien related. Or is this for like, you know, 
maybe even me at the time if I was, you know, a high schooler who had no idea about aliens at all. But, you know, sure. I did know I was a fan. So. so it was almost like they were trying to combine two things. They were trying to combine. Right. They were trying to combine invent or uh, introducing these characters or this universe to a new audience and cashing in on the nostalgia from the past. Yeah, I think. Um, Am I wrong there? Or like, it feels. I I don't think it was necessarily cashing in. I think Ridley Scott. <laughs> I think Ridley Scott definitely wanted to continue the story. Um, yeah. They originally had plans when they made the uh, the first um, Alien versus Predator movie. There was like a um, like uh, Sigourney Weaver was on board and James Cameron and Ridley Scott. And it just didn't work out like other projects, um, you know, kind of came up and they weren't able to all get together on it, but they were all kind of with it. And then that they had a script, like, or at least like a treatment put together of like what the story was going to be. And then that ended up not happening. And then they made Alien versus Predator and Ridley Scott said he never saw it. And James Cameron was like, yeah, it was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Man, I can black that out. I forgot about Alien versus Predator for a second. Sorry. Yeah, I think it was a, uh, I think it was more of a, um, like the rights were going to be up. So Ridley Scott kind of, he was like, okay, I want to, you know, I don't want this. Um, like he kind of wanted another, you know, at least another try at it at telling like some sort of origin story versus like completely losing any opportunity to like ever do that again. Do you think the Star Wars prequels started the prequel thing that seems to be in everything now? Like there's a real feeling that a lot of series, a lot of franchises, they don't want to move forward with anything. The Star Trek reboot thing, that was, you know, Captain Kirk. That was, even the last Star Trek show they did was, like, taking place ten years before. Uh, The Assassin's Creed games, it was, like, Assassin's Creed Origins. There's a billion video games that are now all origins of, like, what happened before this and this and this. Yep, Zelda did that. Is there a reason? Is there nostalgia or what? Which was first, Star Wars Episode One or Resident <laughs> Evil Zero? I mean, that's what we need to oh, be asking. Oh, I think Star Wars was. I don't think Resident <laughs> Evil Zero. I Resident think it was Evil a year was... within a year or two, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because because yeah, I think Resident Evil was was it ninety six maybe when it first came out. So yeah, it would have been right around yeah. there. Huh. I mean, I guess I'm trying to think of like video games and you know some of some of the ones from like the 80s where they did do like a bunch of different ones and if there was one that technically was a prequel like maybe pac-man had a prequel at some point (laughs) isn't there Uh, a mario brothers game where they're babies (laughs) well i mean even the super mario brothers movie kind of explains like this is where mario and luigi became (laughs) the plumbers that fought, fought bowser you know so that was i guess in a way the origin story yeah, that's where George Lucas is like, we got to do prequels. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this one worked so well. It made so much money. Everyone loved it. <laughs> well, I think it definitely it definitely did change the market. It really did. Oh, I, yeah, that, and I mean, that was one that just 
you know, Miyamoto was not involved at all. You know, the creator had no creative direction in that movie at all. So sure. it's definitely a, let's see what we can do with a, a, like a series we don't know that much about. <laughs> Ridley Scott has to do the next Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm talking about. That's what know, I'm talking about. I don't about. know who's directing it, but the, the Illumination animated Mario movie has been in the works for a few years. Quite a few oh, well, years. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I yeah. certainly hope Mario has to come to the real world because that's how animated. <laughs> no, SpongeBob did it. You know, SpongeBob had to do it, and that I, yeah. Oh God, that is so. The SpongeBob was pretty good, but man, Have you guys everybody seen else. Tom and Jerry. Ooh. Have you guys seen Tom and Jerry? No, I'm not touching that. No way. <laughs> Who I did get, I, I did get really high and watched Tom and Jerry, and it was a lot of fun. So. I'm surprised you made it through the whole thing. People said it was terrible. Oh, it's it is really bad. It it was <laughs> it was it was, a, it was a movie you tuned out in a lot of directions. You know, some of these movies, they just have so, they have so many moments, and then you you kind of look at it in the frame of like, oh, this is like for children, so this is sort of like, you know, lessons in this movie are for a, like oh, a child no. audience. And no. you just Wait, see, like you just see shame. some interesting stuff. Jake, did you just tell the audience on the internet that a kid's movie might just be for kids? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like, thank you. It's a, movie, it's a movie I would never be like, you know, if a, if a family was like, oh, you watched that and, you know, how was it? I would never be like, oh, it's trash. Like, don't show your kid. <laughs> Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? Sure, like if if your kid has any sort of, I don't know what your a kid's familiarity would be with with Tom and Jerry nowadays. Like, if, no, if, a parent, if no, that yeah. if that millennial generation, which is having, I guess, you know, the kids now who might be in the age range for this movie, I don't know if they're really a huge fondness for Tom and Jerry. Shake, shake, shake. Though we're talking about exposing children to Colin Jost. <laughs> We're talking about willful exposure of that man to children, and I'm not comfortable with that at all. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, that's, I guess, I guess, you know, you subject your child to what whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> I was, I didn't think to Colin Jost, I didn't know Colin Jost was in that movie, and when Colin Jost showed up, I, like, made a sound out loud. I was like, oh! Does he... Does he play Tom or Jerry? Mm. He plays like a he plays himself. He's like marrying. Of course he some, does. Of course he plays himself. No, it's crazy. He's literally a guy who's like they say it in the movie is in the phrase of like uh, he's like in high society in New York is his is his the wife who's who's he's marrying and that's like the central plot of the movie is so this that's, marriage. That's him. Did yeah. he write the movie? <laughs> I know, and you know, I, I have to I have to look into it more because obviously this is Warner Brothers. It's not SNL like affiliated. It's not all right. Sure, NBC. yeah. So it's yeah. like it's interesting in that regard that he just kind of showed up for this Warner property as himself. He doesn't make too many jokes. Big surprise there, right? And, wow. <laughs> and it's just it's it's weird. It's like it's it's just a weird movie. I yeah. Shakes speaking <laughs> speaking of Prometheus, uh your future child, what do you think the proper age to introduce a child to the world of aliens would be? Oh, you know, I guess it would be. That's an interesting question. We should ask like more people me. on the show about that. <laughs> yeah, because like I guess for me, I'm trying to think. I was probably roughly like high school age 
when I when I was like gonna watch Alien, maybe maybe early high school, it might have even been middle school, that it was like, oh, let's you know check this out because there's Alien versus Predator. You know, I I'd seen Predator, but then I'm like really wanting to watch Alien in the franchise and. And I guess like that would that would seem appropriate. I feel like even though it's R, like if you hit PG thirteen and you you know. So what are you thinking? Like fourteen years old or something? Fourteen. Yeah, I mean, if I, it's hard hard for me to put myself in that parent mindset where I'd be like, you know, <laughs> so controlling that I'd be like, and you, we're only gonna watch Alien together when you're fourteen. You know, if my kid encountered Alien like at twelve, I don't think I'd be that upset. We, we well, got to get a zo- we got to get a zoomer on here to tell tell us what they think of uh, <laughs> what they think of Alien. I think that might upset us. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, if they if they hate it, that's fine. I, I would be fascinated to learn what they uh, what they think about it because um, my neighbor upstairs watched it and and she really enjoyed it. So Alien, not Prometheus, just you to be clear. No, because you heard it upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, she told me, she told me about it. She was like, "Oh yeah, I saw this movie," and and she was like, "I've been I've been watching more old movies in the in the pandemic because there's nothing to do, so we're like watching more movies." And she's like, "I'm digging into older films, and I saw this one, and it was amazing." So nice, yeah. I was happy yeah, to hear I, that. I, I was think, like, cool. um, as far as Alien with a younger audience, um, it does kind of have like the Jaws thing of like. Not mm. seeing the monster is scarier than the actual yeah, monster. So I think exactly. it does like a lot of the scary parts in it are the things you're not seeing. And it isn't like other than the alien bursting out of um John Hurt's mm. chest, it's not particularly violent. It's just like right. kind of frightening. Yeah. There is like actual blood in it. Like, but other than that, it's like you know, yeah, very that... very classically shot and not like a um, you know. That is uh, that is the most violent scene in the movie, I think. Yeah, and it's more of like a haunted house thing of like you know, it's more about claustrophobia yeah. than anything else. Oh, and things bursting out of your chest. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Shake. Do you have any? Uh, oh wow! I just scrolled up to find the alien abortion scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. Spoilers! Spoilers! Go through all of the alien because I have like. I think I own them all on Blu-ray. I have like the collection and been, it's been a while. I, I honestly haven't been watching that many older or even newer movies in quarantine. Although I do like HBO Max's, like, you know, they are releasing their movies. I will watch them and I kind of have been because it's like, oh, that's kind of nice. A movie of the week or every two weeks. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you that's you. the best because yeah. you don't have that overwhelming, like, um, 80 billion things on Netflix to watch. So you end Ugh. up watching something you've seen before or just turning it off. Right. So that movie of the week thing is pretty great. And like, what are you going to do? Lose yeah. two hours of your life that you weren't doing anything with? That right. yeah, was my, that was my mindset with Tom and Jerry. I was like, you know, this is like longer than it should be, obviously, but it's like an hour and 40 minutes and we're doing other things while we're watching it and being like, wow, okay, this is, this is a movie being made in 2021. <laughs> So, Shake, do you think that this one minute of Prometheus you saw, do you think it's going to make you want to watch the other 124? <laughs> <laughs> well, it does have intrigue, right? You know, somebody somebody is flagging the rest of this crew down. They yeah. they discovered the something. Where, 
They're flagging <laughs> them down. Yeah, they're assembling to uh, transmorph or whatever it was. And yeah, turn into Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember their weird term for it. Everyone had their own term. But yeah, I mean, like we just saw, you know, um, the uh, uh, what are they called? Architect. I forget the name of the um, the white figures who uh, are the engineers. Dickie's favorite. Engineers. Thank you. Yes. The engineer. We just saw this strange person <laughs> drink a little shot of something. And then, well, that's in another episode. So, <laughs> yeah, we can't talk yeah. about that. Well, that was in yeah, a previous got, one. Got, I think we can talk about that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just can't talk about future ones. Right. Oh, is that, future... I thought that scene already happened by this point. It did. It did. It did. You're good. You're good. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Jeez. Phew. Okay. I was like, yeah. what? Oh, no. Okay. I see what no, you shit. mean. No reverse spoilers. Yeah. We're, still <laughs> up the rules. We're still setting what up the rules here with the show. Yeah. First one they're listening to. You're right. <laughs> there has to, be a, has to be a strict set of rules when it comes to every podcast. Oh, <sighs> I would want, yeah, you know, you, you see something. It's, it's, this isn't obviously the most beautiful of the scenes of the movie. It's setting a mood, though. It's, it's very gloomy, rocky yeah. cliffside. Yeah. So. Well, can you, you can't really lift that up too much with color other than their their jackets. Yeah, still yep. flawless. So, Movie is still flawless at this point. Excellent stitchmanship in the jackets. Uh, <laughs> I think we're good. God damn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night. Keep watching the movie. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> and listening. Uh, uh, that too. Yeah, keep listening too. <laughs> Bye. This was a Buzzcast Network production. Bye.